15 years old. I've tried everything possible to establish a record deal and nothing worked, feeling like I'm out of options. And then one day I go into Albee Square Mall and ask a stranger for a battle. And after the battle, he told me I was dope. I said that I need to get down with him. He'd be doing parties for Mike and Dave up in the Bronx, Harlem, Long Island. And if I get down with him, he promised me he gonna get me a record deal and we gonna make it. And that brother kept his word. He took me on the road with him. Had me write half his, his first album. And he got me a record deal. So, more than a friend, my lifeline, you feel me? Emma's a, I'm gonna miss you. And I'll always love you. Rest well. Those are the words from hip hop legend Big Daddy Kane talking about the late great Bismarck Key. And then it was the public enemy's Chuck D. Bring the noise. FM Podcast Network. I am Charlie Taylor, and this is what's good. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you've all had a good week in the circumstances. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's been, it's been a interesting week. I think uh, just in like a lot, a lot going on, uh, negative and positive. You know, um, personally, uh, I. I don't know if I told you guys about the camera thing, but uh, yeah, I'm sorting that out. <laughs> I'm gonna have a camera by the end, or by the start of August. Um, yeah, I did talk about it. Of course, I talked about it. I talked about it on the Joe Conzo episode. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna have that by the start of August, and uh, yeah, man, I'm just I'm just kind of uh, looking looking ahead to August at the moment. Um, yeah, I've got I've got a few I've got a few things on a couple of events. You know, the first. The first couple of, you know, proper outdoor events I'm going to go to that I've actually, you know, bought tickets for. Um, I'm going to be in, uh, what's it for? Uh, I, f- I forgot what park it is. Uh, East Mills? I forget the name. Um, but yeah, so but basically just a park for like a live rendition of uh, certain artists. It's like orchestral thing. It's kind of cool on, on the face. Uh, it's called Reimagine. And uh, yeah, I've been, I've been following them for years. I've always wanted to go to one of their shows. I, also, I just kept like getting emails of, uh, you know, oh, no, brand new show doing this album, uh, completely orchestral uh, rendition of like Miseducation or uh, 2001 uh, by uh, Dr. Dre. I'm just like, what the fuck? That seems so sick. So uh, yeah, for, for years I've been wanting to do it. And uh, now they've got a little festival type thing going on like a one day festival and uh you know go for it and also got the maiden voyage festival 
uh, at the end of the month. So yeah, that's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to that, honestly. Uh, but yeah, apart from that, you know, I'm I'm kind of just looking forward to August. Um, I ain't really got much it much on. Uh, well, well, <laughs> we'll talk about well, well, I do have something on, but I'm, I'll, we'll talk about that at the end, don't we? Uh, last segment, but um, yeah. And, you know, apart from that, apart from that obvious thing I want to talk about, uh, yeah, not not really much. Uh, I'm just waiting till the end of the end of the month. Really, I don't really have anything else to go to go off on. Uh, but yeah, apart from that, you know, I'm 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 solid personally. Hope you guys are fine uh, wherever you may be. And uh, little news, uh, we have uh, LC Five VPN Radio continuing on uh, night two till every Friday. Uh, shout out to Mickey on that front. And have a chin with Charlie on Monday, uh, Monday afternoon. I think 1 p.m. I've prob- dropping that. Uh, that's uh, volume three. I'm gonna drop that. And I do have volume four in the works already. I just need to, you know, tweak tweak the playlist a bit. Uh, just try and find the uh, find the vibe I'm looking for. Um, is it, I'll, I'll, gi- I'll give you I'll give you I'll give you the title because it doesn't really give way much. But it's called 9 p.m. in late July. And uh, yeah, so I'm trying to go for a certain vibe, uh, but I'm trying. But I keep, uh, I keep getting into little bits of like uh, have a couple tracks that fit the vibe, and then I have tracks I just really want to play, and I'm just trying to have to be, uh, you know, uh, kind of a uh, what's the word? I kind of have to be anal to myself. I'm just like, no, no, come on, just, just stick with the stick with the tone. Try and stick with the tone and find stuff for that. But yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's it gets hard sometimes. But anyway, apart from that, it's all good. Um, so let's get started with the show. We have one of everything, slated, film and TV, music, sports, life. And uh, yeah, without further ado, uh, four minutes before we begin, email to us at IG, Discord link, all that, all that, all that, in the full show notes. Please go peep the articles for yourself that I will read throughout the episode. Support the writers that make this show possible. And with that said, let the beat drop. And let's get into the show. In a week where Germany, the Netherlands and Belgium suffer from large flooding, uh, killing hundreds. Uh, I've been watching Channel 4 News on that and they've been keeping up to date on uh, really a lot of the natural disasters going on. Obviously we have, uh, well, I'll mention another one in a second, but, you know, uh, monsoon season in India. But it's like absurdly, it's, 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 you know, they expect monsoons, but they don't expect like the shit that's going right now. Uh, there's also some stuff going on some ch- in China as well. I think people got flooded in a subway. Uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like <laughs> the environmental uh, kickback has come in uh, in a large way. Uh, after rock bottom viewership, GB News gets Nigel Farage on board because, of course, of course they did. So it was. It was it was notable. It's great. I love it. Um, the US has nearly 80 wildfires happening right now. Now, I wrote, I, I put right now uh, a couple of days ago. So, you know, maybe maybe it's more, maybe it's less. But just the fact that it was 80 at some point at one time is just, that's, that's absurd. That's absurd to think about. I don't know why there hasn't been more urgent on US news like uh, from what I've seen it's just been like vaccinations I'm like okay sure that's important too but you know th- literally the whole west coast is on fire but anyway uh, the UK has rising cases in norovirus and for those that don't know what norovirus is 
it basically makes you vomit and diarrhea. So, yeah. That's rising as well. So, not ain't just got COVID. We got norovirus. We're doubling up, boy. Come to the UK, guys. Perfect tourist destination right now. And lastly, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks win their second NBA championship. Their first since 1971. Salute to Giannis and all the gang. Uh, Giannis, please play for Nigeria instead of Greece. Do it for the culture. And speaking of the culture, we hop on to music, our first topic of this, our first segment of this episode. And uh, yeah, yeah RIP to Bismarcky and uh, uh, died at the age of 57, if, I'm, if I remember correctly. Um, and yeah, it's, um, it's, just one of, it's just one of those that really, it's, it's, it, it makes me think existentially because like there's a lot, there's been a lot of like uh, hip hop centric deaths you know in the past few months uh, like the past half year since december like mf doom black rob shock g uh, uh dmx like it's just it's it's a bit absurd you know and it's not like they're 80 you know what i mean that these like these guys are like 50 55 60s like it's not it's not old you know what i mean they should they shouldn't be just kicking the bucket like this it's such a high rate um but yeah, here's what it is at this point. Um, but I found this great little piece uh, via Elliot Wilson, uh, his substack, the motto, and it's called "Why Me and Everybody Loves the Beers." Um, it's you know half writing, half pictures. Um, so and uh, you know the Twitter, Twitter stuff and videos. So if you want to, you know, I highly suggest you guys go peep this for yourself and just peep the pictures. You know, watch a couple of the videos. You know, just 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 get to know. If you don't know Bismarcky, get to know because. As this article um, painfully explained, um, it's not just he's not just you know the clown prince of hip hop. That's literally like the first line of this of this uh, this uh, uh, this piece. And uh, you know he's not just the just a friend rapper. He was so much more. He was so much more uniquely skilled. Uh, you know a jack of all trades in a lot of ways. DJ, beatboxer, rapper, uh, just uh, just an all round entertainer. And uh, from the videos you you if you watch videos of him, you know, talking to people, interviews, he's just, he just seems like a real down-to-earth guy, um, and obviously by the BDK, uh, video that I just, uh, well, audio that I just, you know, put at the start, you know, Big Daddy Kane, like, just comes, every time I see him talk about someone like Biz, he just has this, I don't know, just, like, deep appreciation for someone like Biz, and it really comes off. It really comes off in uh, uh, for Big Daddy Kane uh, when he talk, whenever he talks about someone he respects, especially. But anyway, let's get into this piece. I'm not here for the clown prince of rap references in today's obituaries. And as great a song as as great as the song is, Bismarcky is way more than just a friend. Biz is a true pioneer, a heart and soul figure and of hip hop culture who leaves an indelible mark on future generations. Of yeah, on future generations of eyes. Rest in peace to the great Marcel Bismarcky Hall. I woke up this morning in California wanting to share the impact Biz had on me as a rap fan in the 1980s when I was still a teen. He also inspired me when I was a young hip-hop journalist in the 90s. Biz was the ultimate showman. I first discovered him as the human beatbox behind Roxanne Shantae's 1986 Deaf Fresh crew. I was a big fan of Dougie Fresh beatboxing, uh, Dougie Fresh's beatboxing, and the same for the fat boys as Buffy. But Biz's vocal drum pans were booming, and his harmonising patterns were uniquely infectious. As he explained in Lond- uh, to London's Tim Westwood back in 1988, 
video you can peep in the piece. Uh, Death Fresh Crew is also the first song that let me know what was up with the vials uh, scattered scattered around my woodside housing projects in Cre- uh, Queens. And what that foul smell was, uh, uh, was that I was catching from the hallway outside my apartment 1A. It's sort of crazy, it's sort of whack. I'm talking about $5 crack. That's a blind quote. Uh, but Biz couldn't just play the back. He was destined to take center stage. I didn't know what an EP was at the time, but I cherished my vinyl copy of Biz Marquis 1986, Make the Music With Your Mouth, Biz. All I needed was the title track. Over the masterful Marley Marr production, Biz's debut single was a powerful introduction to a young legend. A year later, Biz upped the ante with 1987's Nobody Beats the Biz. A triumphant TJ Swan hook interpolated the popular commercials from NYC's rising retail chain, The Wiz. Little brackets here, sidebar. The first music I ever purchased with my money was LL Cool J's 985 radio uh, at a Wiz on Steinway Street in Queens. Later that day, my grand later that day at my grandmother uh, Lucille's apartment, my brother Kenny beat up beat my vinyl up, and I had to head back to the Wiz for another copy. Wow, fuck your brother on that front, bro. Why are you breaking up vinyl for? <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, later that same year, Biz helped usher in the career of Brooklyn's finest, Antonio Big Daddy Kane Hardy. It was the B-side of Kane's Get Into It that everyone was bumping throughout NYC's Five Boroughs. Quote, Big Daddy, my man, Mello, uh, get on the mic because you, know, you, <laughs> you know you eat jello. Unquote. Biz was getting big, becoming a star. He talks about how others were becoming impacted by his success. Nobody wants you when you're down and out, but we're all here for Biz on a yacht with a dope ro- uh, rope chain, recounting the rise of himself and his friends, TJ Swan, Big Daddy Kane, and his cousin DJ Cool V, quote, Damn, it feels good, he said, to see people up on it, unquote. It only got bigger for Biz, re- releasing the fall of 1989 just to frame po- penetrated pop culture. Soon the casual rap fan college kids were kegging up and chanting along, You, you got what I need. Uh, this eternal song is how Good Morning America and CBS's This Morning uh, uh, worlds remember him today, but as I said, he's more than that one classic. Sadly, Biz's run got derailed by a 1991 sample clearance conflict uh, with Irish singer-songwriter Gilbert O'Sullivan. Biz's song called uh, Alone Again, the song... uh, Yeah, Biz's song is called Alone Again. The, uh, The song wasn't even a single, but a deep album track from Biz's third full-length, I Need a Haircut. O'Sullivan's 1972 original, one of the biggest hits of the 70s, is called Alone Again Naturally. O'Sullivan sued Warner, pulled the, so- uh, pulled the album off shelves. After this, even after the song was removed, and the album repressed and re-released for Biz, nothing was the same. I never had the chance to chop up with Biz. I did witness him one time, though, shopping for breaks at New York's uh, Downtown Records. Biz bought a Meters record, so I bought a Meters record. His love and knowledge for music across genres is well documented, as is his massive record collection, Words Quest Love. But Biz didn't have to always uh, dig deep for rare grooves. Anchored by 1979's Philly soul classic, Ain't No Stopping Us Now, Biz's 1993 Let Me Turn On is a very upbeat ending to his legacy as a musical artist. And yep, before I go, i got to tell you about the Biz doll. 
you can again see the picture on here. Uh, when young cold chilling M- uh, signee Master Ace, shout to Master Ace to Don, uh, couldn't get Biz Marquis to show up for his collaboration, he created 1990's Me and the Biz, a duet with himself, performing his version of Biz's lyrics. For the video, a Biz doll was created and Ace got his ventriloquist on. What happened to the doll after the video? Well, the doll re- remained at the Empire Management offices in Manha- Manhattan. Ace's former manager Patrick Moxie also managed Gangstar and one day Jerry the Damager and group Holmes Lil Depp were tossing, uh, tossing the doll around and accidentally decapitated it. It was destined to be disregarded as trash but thankfully our friend Vicky Toback called my ego trip colleagues and the biz doll was rescued. When we had his head sewed back on it almost, it, it almost, and it almost instantly became our mascot. Quickly we had the idea of having rappers pose with the doll for photo ops. They were often damn near giddy to see the actual artifact. Look, Eminem almost smiled, and they have a picture of, uh, uh, excuse me, LP, Eminem, Fat Joe, and Freddie Fox uh, with uh, with the biz doll. Um, uh, in my wife uh, Danielle's latest uh, Black Girl Songbook, she conducted an amazing conversation with Public Enemy's Chuck D, who, when reflecting on the recent passing of Digital Underground Shock G, dropped the gem, quote, Stop telling folks how great they were, Tell them how great they are, unquote. You are great, Biz. We love you, legend, and we thank you. And yeah, I don't really have much else to say on that front. Um, you know, I'm 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 not exactly a Biz historian in any front, but um, you know, I from in my in my limited uh, love for Juice Crew, I you know always rated biz as just a fa- as just a funny dude and a very entertaining dude and like the eccentric of the group yeah cuz you know on stage you know you see you know Craig G and uh, B- Big Daddy Kane and Cool G Rap and you know they're mad just like I'm gonna, I'm going to take your head off with these bars kind of thing you know what I mean I'm going to I'm going to flow you up in, into in, into a knot and then there's just biz just <laughs> just you know badly singing and just being a funny fucker you know what I mean so it's 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 just a he's a levity guy and um you know i think we all need that levity guy and levity person in life that person that doesn't take things too seriously and i always find it fascinating talking about a's hip-hop history and what they class as blowing up you know because when you when you hear about when you when you blow up now it has to be like um you know um a meme uh, you know, blowing up on TikTok, you know, I mean, just just having millions and uh, just having like a billion views in like a month or so, you know, that's blowing up for some pe- uh, in in these days. But then, if you were just a hip hop artist in, and and everyone in the five boroughs were banging your music, you're blo- you've blown up, and that's crazy to think about the locality of hip hop at that time, and that always fascinates me. Every every, every time I think about hip hop history, um, especially in the eighties. I just think about how their definition of, you know, blown up and, you know, famous was the fact that, uh, you know, you can go to any borough in the, in New York and, uh, you know, people were just going like, yo, you know, just love your shit, you know what I mean, just, and guessing you up. That's just fascinating to me. I, I love that locality and I kind of miss it. I, I, I miss local legends, you know what I mean? I, f- I feel like... I feel like in the past decade we've lost that we've lost local legend uh, local legends, and uh, I feel like you know that that should that should be a thing. But I I I don't think that kind of uh, 
I, I don't think that kind of thing exists anymore, or it's very hard to have that, um, because I find that kind of thing more valuable than, you know, being, uh, you know, just internationally known for like a, for like a week, you know what I mean, just being, being, a, being, being, being on a trending, uh, having a trending video on TikTok is literally like a day, like you have a day where you just get mad views, and then the next day is just, just gone, so, um, anyway, I'm on a tangent, but uh, RIP to Bismarcky. Um, yeah, man, just um, another legend gone, and, um, uh, and a local legend in uh, New York hip hop history. into film and TV and uh, I just found this interesting uh, opinion piece uh, earlier in the week and uh, I thought it was very uh, very fascinating you know I've talked about how uh, women in the film and television industries obviously don't get the scratch that uh, that men get and I found this one very fascinating just because it comes from a uh, from uh, someone that I guess understands um, and also just has really good uh, statistics on the piece itself to back up and you know I'm always here for some statistics um, so this is by Miss uh, Deborah Francis White who is a comedian writer and host of the Guilty Feminist podcast um, this is via The Guardian it's called um, it's called uh, Women in TV are Gaslit and Overlooked No Wonder They're Leaving the UK and uh, there's actually a, a, an accompanying accompan- accompanying article here uh, via Gina Yashere, uh, who meets uh, London Hughes, obviously recently, uh, you know, recently broke out in the US. I, th- I, I think it was, I think it's safe to say that recently broke out in the US, um, and it's actually called her "America is Super Racist, but the Glass Ceiling is Higher." Higher, and I was just, I just, I just found that interesting. I, I really found that interesting because I'm, because I've always, because if you, if you're not privy, you do wonder just like why, you know, black women especially go to the US for for that for for. Um, uh, for uh, career opportunities, and just being real, because it's America, there's just more opportunities, and I do, I can, under, I can fully understand why they say the glassing is higher, uh, because in the UK, I just find, I just don't think the opportunities are, are as pl- as as plentiful. I mean, it will never be as plentiful as the US, but I feel like there's always a there's always a metric, right? There's a balance you can do there. And uh, it's way off balance, way off balance. Um, so let's just jump right into the cycle. Um, I've been wor- I've been working on a television script set in the OG glamorous Roaring Twenties. All the futurists uh, tell us that the end of lockdown is beginning is the beginning of uh, the raunch relaunch, and we don't need to t- experts to tell us we wouldn't say no to a mask ball as long as the mask wasn't surgical. I've been writing about all the American women who came to Britain to make their fortune and be taken seriously. Actor and wit Tallulah Bankhead, who famously said, quote, my father warned me about men and booze, but never said a word about women and cocaine, unquote. <laughs> That's great. Uh, couldn't catch a break on Broadway, but became the most famous woman in the UK. Virginian Nancy Astor uh, was elected MP a year before she even got the vote in the US. Singer and dancer Josephine Baker, who refused to perform uh, for segregated audiences in the US and, and uh, made Paris her home, was also a West End star. 
Now, however, now, however, sorry, word that weirdly, now, however, uh, women in show business are leaving for America in droves, draining Britain of exceptional talent because we are gaslit by the UK industry. It's an ancient tactic. Suffragettes were kept in red tape for decades. Just fill out one more form, hold one more coffee morning. If they had been told the truth, quote, uh, we are never planning to give you the vote and we've never designed the system so you'll never beat it, unquote. They would have, uh, they would have got so much more. They would have got much more radical much earlier. Uh, television development is the same. Women are given diversity schemes, special lunches, and constantly told their next pilot will hit a television screen. I was constantly, I was, <coughs> I was recently kept rewriting. Uh, yeah, I was recently kept rewriting the same script for eighteen months. The commissioner texted me. Get your BAFTA dress ready and describe the project as compelling and comprehensive, saying excitedly, you've done it. Uh, did she greenlight it? No. She couldn't explain why. When I pointed out that she rarely commissioned women, she said, quote, I know I've got a problem and that's why I have so many women in development, unquote. It takes a toll on women's uh, mental health and waste years of our lives. We'd rather be told you're free to go. We don't want you in this country. Uh... It is possible for a woman to create a television show in this country, excuse me, if she already has a significant profile and it is an autobiographical half hour. This isn't sour grapes. I've built a huge audience, a huge audience, a huge engaged audience in the Guilty Feminist podcast. So I am hypothetically in the slightly winning category and being caught by Hollywood brackets. Otherwise, all she can do is adapt a novel, ideally, uh, ideally one about a woman being killed and mutilated. Please find exceptions to this rule and enjoy counting them on one hand. In Britain, women are not trusted to write from our imaginations or tell stories of historical women. Uh, Scarily talented, relentlessly hardworking friends, including the actor and writer Sarah Soleimani, stand-up and writer Bisha K. Ali, and comedian and writer London Hughes. I have, uh, have already gone to the US after being endlessly frustrated here. All of them became showrunners inside a few months or years. Sarah is shooting back in the UK now because she has covered herself in stateside glory. But a profit is never accepted in her hometown if that town is London. Hughes and the comedian Jeannie Ashray just had a brilliantly frank conversation about their experiences with as black British women in the US, in which Yashra says, yes, this country is super racist, but that glass ceiling is a lot higher than in England, so you're a multimillionaire when you hit it. Uh, across the BBC, ITV, Channel 4, Netflix and Sky, it is a matter of public record that only 23% of dramas were written by women in the past five years. Of these, 42 ad- 42% were adaptations, which means only 13% were original stories written by women. Men wrote 77% of dramas over the same period, and 55 of those were original stories. Only 26 26% of scripted comedy shows on TV in the same period were written, written by women. This is meaningful because a society is a reflection of the stories it tells. Either men are significantly better at writing, or something is deeply sexist in the commissioning departments of British broadcasters. Those are the only options I can see. Sadly, it seems, I must cross the Atlantic in, uh, in the opposite direction from my muse to Lula Bankhead to get her glorious story onto our screens. Either that, or like the suffragettes, women will have to get radical. It's the 20s, here is Raw. And yeah, I just um, I have a shout to shout to Sheila. Um, I have a friend. Uh, uh, well, an acquaintance. I, I don't know. Could I call her a friend? I don't know. 
a a a frequentance. There you go, Sheila. Um, and you know she she's gone some really you know big work recently, and uh, uh, and you know congratulations to her on that. And you know I fully you know just clap up everything she does. Um, she's an in- she's an interesting woman in the limited time I've gone to have uh, gotten to know her. But um, I just I just wonder like how. Um, she's managed to like break through and persevere, and uh, I, I always find those small stories coming. Uh, uh, I, I always find those those stories fascinating. Um, and you know, Michaela Cole is obviously the biggest example of this. You know, um, having the theatre career that she did, and then immediately going to do chewing gum, and then immediately, well, not immediately, but you know, getting other work. Uh, if you haven't seen um. Is it Black Earth Rising? I think that's the name of the show. Fucking great! Like she's great. Um, actually, yeah, no, no. The story was great. The story, the whole show was great. Um, but yeah, you know, she did that, and then obviously uh, did the I May Destroy You um, more recently. But uh, you know, that's kind of a that's that's a real rarity. That's that's a rare case um, of of just that scale, obviously, right? Um, of when have have you know having my American friends talk about Michaela Cole and chewing gum when I know ex- when I saw that show, um, you know, uh, you know years before they were even talking about it, and that's that's what I like about that's what I like about um, having homegrown talent actually be here and actually flourish, uh, and we don't have enough of it. Um, I want more Michaela Coles. I really do because I believe there are many of those um many of those people uh many of those black women and just women in general um but yeah there is clearly a bias here um statistically there is a bias and uh just just in terms of uh you know commissioning and stuff like that you know there's there's women in there's there's gradually i'm gonna say that i'm gonna say that with i'm 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 letting the word gradually you know uh, carry a lot of weight with this sentence but you know gradually um you know more women are getting into places of power where they can actually you know have a say in commissioning and green lighting these these things but that that still doesn't make it that still doesn't make the the deal sweet you know that they're still in they're still you know, they're still in the system. Um, they're still in the system of, uh, you know, of, of audience metrics and what people want to see, etc., etc., and taking risks and funding, etc., etc. They're all beholden by, you know, finance and audience and all that stuff. Um, so, I I would love it if it were, if it was more equitable. Um, for women in terms of green, green, uh, green light and things, and I still want that to happen, but I'm not saying it. But uh, but that but understand this. That's not the be. That should that isn't and shouldn't be the be all end all um, as it pertains to uh, getting this progress going. Because uh, I I don't think yeah I I just don't think that's the that's the that's the one thing that needs to happen, and and then everything will all hell will break loose, uh, or you know all utopia will break loose. Uh, that, that's that's not the steez. That's not that's that's not how it's done. So, uh, yeah. But um, you know, shout out to yeah, shout out to Gina, and uh, I, I think Gina was really a uh, you know a trailblazer on this front. Like uh, she's she's been you know putting in work in America for you know over, I think over a decade now, probably even longer than that. Um, you know, I think, I think she was like on mock the week a few times, and I I could. 
I can imagine that, you know, her doing that was just like, you know what, fuck it, I'm just gonna, you know, take a, take a stab and just go to the US, and, um, you know, I recently, I recently, you know, uh, re, rediscovered, uh, Andy Osho, who was like an, or who is an amazing comedian, and just, uh, um, and a, a good writer. She recently wrote a book as well, um, and hosts a podcast. And uh, you know, I, I just I just rediscovered her because I saw her in I May Destroy, and I was like, I was, I've seen that face before because I haven't seen Andy Osho in like ten years. So I was just like, who is that? I swear I've seen that person. So I looked in the credits. I was like, oh right, Andy Osho. I haven't seen her in time because you know she used to regularly be on like Live at the Apollo and. Mark the week and stuff like that, and I don't know if she isn't uh, still does that kind of stuff because um you know I don't watch I, I barely watch those shows anymore um but I just found that fascinating I was just like, oh gosh Andy Osho big ups oh, good for you oh that's good to see you I haven't seen you in a minute you know what I mean but I just wonder how someone like her would feel uh, in this conversation as well um as someone that has you know kept a um. You know, kept her kept her name, and uh, as far as I know, has gone. You know, consistent work. Uh, um, but you know, I, I think she could have. I think she could have. I think she was more talented than than in the in. Uh, she's she's. Uh, I think she's talented enough to be in the place that you know someone like you know Gina is and stuff like that. I think she was. Yeah, uh, I think she is. Um, you know, really a funny person and a great personality, and you know, half decent actress as well. Um, so uh, yeah, I just wonder in those those case studies uh, of, of their thoughts on this particular conversation. But you know, regards to that, um, there's still need, there's still a lot of work to do, and uh, yeah, um, it's just it's just requiring um, I guess uh, consistently knocking at the door, and the more that do the knock on the door, uh, the quicker that that door will burst open. Hop on to life, and uh, yeah, it's not the same as the uh, you thought the previous segment was just me about uh, mentioning Michaela Cole. Nope, this is gonna be mentioned again. Uh, she's gonna be mentioned again. Uh, so, this is a fascinating thing, a uh, fascinating piece I found uh, via Navarra Media, um, who is celebrating 10 years. I, I didn't realize they existed that, that, for that long. Um, that's crazy. Um, I've only gone into them for the past in the past like few months. Um, so, big ups to them on 10 years. That's a great, great, uh, great. Uh, Great milestone, and uh, this is by Kojo Koram. Uh, it's called "Contesting Culture: England is in the midst of an African Renaissance, but it's still racist to tell." Uh, and yeah, it's just a. Uh, I, th- I think it's true. I think it's a true opinion, just on the face. And uh, let's get into the article for more deep for more deets and more explanation on it. Uh, quote: "To be born English was to have won first prize in the lottery of life," declared rampant imperialist. Cecil Rhodes, at the turn of the 20th century. As for those, uh, as for who the British mining magnate thought was sitting in last place, his writings held uh, held little mystery. Quote, Africa is still lying ready for us. It is our duty to take it, he wrote. More territory, more territory simply means more of the Anglo-Saxon race, more of the best, the most human, most honourable race in the world, po- uh, the world possesses, unquote. Crucially, for Rhodes, uh, this was not a project of assimilation, of making Africans English, uh, but of enforcing white superiority. Quote, we, fail un- uh, we fail utterly when we put natives on an equality with ourselves, he wrote. Unquote. You have to wonder what Rhodes would make of 19-year-old Bukayo Saka becoming the heartbroken face of English nationalism this past weekend. 
the country wept with the tearful footballing Wunderkid, Wunderkid, uh, uh, Wunderkind. Uh, oh, <laughs> fucking hate doing German. After he missed a penalty that cost the England men's team their first trophy in half a century. A child of Nigerian immigrants, Saka represents a minority within a minority. One of just a handful of black footballers of African descent to represent an increasingly diverse England team. Since Viv Addison, who was born and raised in Nottingham's substantial Jamaican community, became the first black footballer to play for England in 1978, just over 100 black players have represented the side, with the vast majority of them from John Barnes, a scorer of arguably England's greatest goal, to Paul Ince, the first black player to captain England, to Ashley Cole, the first black player to win 100 caps. Having come from uh, the Caribbean side of the Afro-Caribbean construction. Football, like much of the wider British culture, had until recently failed to reflect an African population that has has been present on this island in one form or another since Roman times. But times are a-changing. I said a-changing, even said he didn't say a-changing. I I always say a-changing. I don't know why I keep doing it. But times are changing. Saka is just one of a wave of young black British players of African descent now regularly playing play, plying their trade for the Premier League leading teams with others such as Tammy Abraham, Callum Hudson-Odoi and Aaron Wan-Bissaka all on the fringes of England of the England team as well. Off the field the changing landscape is even harder to ignore. Just before England played Denmark in the Euro 2020 semi-finals, ITV introduced the event with an advert featuring rappers Stormzy and Dave boldly stating that they represented modern England. David Orobosa Omoreji Did I say that right? Omoreji, yeah. Oh, God, I said that very confidently. And Michael Ebenezer uh, Quadjo Omari Uwo uh, I, th- I think I butchered Uwo. Uh, Uwo, uh, Junior Stormzy, are two of the most popular musicians in the country and icons to a generation of young people. They're also children of Nigerian and Ghanaian immigrants. But it's not just happening in the music industry. England, English African artists are dominating the wider culture as well. At this year's Brit Awards, Jay Huss, an East London MC of Gambian descent, won Best Male Solo Artist. Meanwhile, at the BAFTAs, the night belonged to British Ghanaian, Michaela... Erurabha Boake Collinson, or Michaela Cole, as she is more widely known. The multi-talented writer and actor, uh, actor's miniseries I May Destroyer was a creative and commercial phenomenon, kip, uh, catapulting uh, Cole and her co-stars. Fellow Ghanaian Brit Papa, Papa Esidu, I think I got that, and Nigerian-born uh, Raruchi Opia uh, to international stardom. <clears throat> God, I'm really putting myself through the fucking gauntlet with these names. Fucking hell. I'm, I'm saying it so confidently, but I'm really not. Uh, and what's more, gone in the days when British Africans would seek to downplay their African roots, adopting inflections from the Caribbean or Black America, uh, in in the hopes of uh, distancing themselves from the dark continent, uh, dark continent's association with po- poverty, famine, and disease. When Cole strode up uh, onto s- on stage to collect her award, she wore a scarf made of kente cloth, Ghana's most popular textile. It would uh, all be too easy uh, it to see England's African Renaissance as a as proof of the country's tolerant and inclusive nature. However, the experiences depicted within this cultural Renaissance point to a far more complicated story, namely that the spectral history of empire continues to haunt the lives and experiences of Af- uh, English Africans. 
Well, African colonies like the Gambia, the Gold Coast, now Ghana, and Northern Rhodesia, uh, now Zambia, were formalized into the British Empire relatively late in the colonization process. Their incorporation gave the empire's civilly, uh, civilizing, yeah, civilizing mission a new impetus. By the late 19th century, Africa became fixed in the collective and imagination as the place where Dr. Livingston uh, disappeared into the jungle, where General Gordon was beheaded, and where intrepid merchants and missionaries would have in, would have adventures with barbaric natives, stories that were devoured and captivated uh, by captivated audiences back at home. As late as 1925, African men, women, and children were still being exhibited in human zoos in Britain's major cities. Fuck me! Are you serious? Wow, I did not know that. So, literally, it hasn't even been a hundred years since that. That's fucking mad. Think of that. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. All right. Continue on. Fuck. Let me wash... Let me... Let that wash over me. Um, This refusal to see African people as human, instead casting them as savage objects of fascination, is on full embracing display, uh, display in a column Boris Johnson wrote for The Telegraph back in 2002. In it, he writes that the Queen and then Prime Minister Tony Blair enjoyed travelling to the region because it's filled with, quote, regular cheering crowds of flag-waving piccaninnies, who, upon their arrival, will stop their hacking of human flesh, and the tribal warriors will break out in watermelon smiles to see the big white chief touch down in his big white British taxpayer-funded bird, unquote. This was the popular image of Africa and Africans when the main waves of migrants from Britain's uh, former African colonies migrated back to the quote-unquote motherland in the 1980s. Though substantial numbers of uh, Africans did come to the UK as part of the Windrush generation, along with British colonial subjects from the uh, Caribbean and South Asia. The majority of Britain's current uh, African population arrived after a combination of structural adjustment programs and sovereign debt crises uh, economically devastated their newly decolonized home countries. The artists and athletes named above will have uh, grown up in the UK at the end of the 20th century, where live aid and comic relief reinforced the racist stereotype of the African as subhuman, forced to make sense of themselves against a background of dehumanization. Considering the historical context with, uh, within which they were created, it's wholly unsurprising that so much of the art being produced in this renaissance wrestles with the spectre of mental health and the challenges of having to reconcile conflicting fragments of a single self. We see this struggle play out in Psychodrama, Dave's now canonical debut album, which is framed around a set of therapy sessions that the protagonist, a careful, humble, reckless, arrogant, extravag- extravagant nigger probably battling with manic pr- depression, that's a, that's a, that, was a, that was a butchered bar from his first track, uh, uh, first uh, track, Psycho, uh, participates in. At the heart of the younger uh, young rapper's self-inquiry is the uh, fanonane? That's an interesting word, fanonane? Fanonane question uh, the, pa- <coughs> the protagonist uh, therapist poses to him, what do you think people see when they look at you? Similarly, in Big Conspiracy, the haunting album that elevated Jay Huss to a new level of critical acclaim, the rapper adopts a persona called Juju J, a uh, black man wholly untethered from the identity white England tries to project on him. Uh, project on him. But where Dave's protagonist is, uh, but where Dave's protagonist is struggling with his demons, Jay Huss becomes the demon, with the rapper drawing on the spectres of traditional African animism to create his own spectre, 
which tries to navigate the struggles of East London's nightlife. House repeatedly acknowledges that his new persona is likely the result of a besieged psyche, reminding us that he lives in a place where people, quote, want to see me go mad and lose my sanity, unquote. The album is saturated with references to madness and paranoia, with Huss never quite sure if he's talking to himself or talking to God, if his insights are the result of psychosis or divine revelation. Meanwhile, in Cole's deeply impactful I May Destroy You, she traces the mental health impact that a sexual assault has on the show's main character, Arabella. Running alongside the show's nuanced exploration of the boundaries of consent is a quieter reflection of the challenges Arabella faces, nav- uh, faces navigating uh, London as a black woman of African descent. From her fractured family history, to the pain of not knowing her mother tongue, to her rage at the doctors who conflate Caribbean and African people. All of these works show in their specific way the challenges that people uh, from this background face navigating a contemporary Britain. Despite the unprecedented ways of success, uh, English athletes and artists of African descent are currently experiencing the scars of empire. St- uh, the scars of empire still run deep. It is this history that follows Saka as he walked uh, up to his take his faithful penalty at Wembley, a stadium that was originally built to house the British Empire exhibition in 1924. Uh, the, avalanche, the avalanche of racist abuse a young footballer received upon missing his shot makes it brutally clear just how close that history remains to the surface, ready to erupt at any moment. And while the profound psychological trauma wrought by a Britain's colonial history might make for great art, it also drives the suffering of English uh, Africans in mental health hospitals and immigration detention centres across the country. As impressive and inspiring as this cultural renaissance is, the goal must ultimately be to create a world free of the painful legacies that produced it. And that's the entirety of the article. And honestly, that's probably one of the best articles I've read all year. Um, I found that uh, just extremely detailed and the examples given... Um, were just excellent. Uh, I never, I, I I knew you know of the uh, the mental side of um of a uh, of psychodrama. You know, I understood, you know, not as acutely as I'd like to, but um, I understood the angles that um, Michaela Cole was going with when talking about you know family, uh, the mother tongue stuff, and you know that why I think it was like you know a few scenes obviously with the hospital uh, with the doctor conflating. Uh, there was one scene in particular that was just especially cringe about it, um, but yeah, you know, it comes it comes across in obviously different ways. But the Jay Huss one really fascinated me because I actually didn't really think of the album in that fashion. Um, I knew there was commentary behind it, but I don't think I looked that deep into it in that fashion. And uh, I'm glad I learned that. That's very fascinating. Um, but yeah, even even with that said, I do find the thing I find fascinating is how. Um, of how trauma is uh, depicted, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of you know black people I talk to um, in the UK um, and the US, where a lot of people, a lot of them, you know, try to not participate in you know uh, recreational sadness is uh, how uh, one person I know likes to talk uh, uh, reference it, and you know while I understand that. Um, I do feel there's some form of importance to it. You know, I was talking, remember when I, I remember talking about, you know, the show Them, uh, you know, like a month or so ago and how just 
unwatchable it sounds, right? Just literally trauma porn, you know? But then I remember I, I saw a tweet from somebody talking about uh, Barry Jenkins' uh, Barry Jenkins's, uh, uh, The Underground Railroad. And, you know, as soon as people saw that, I just knew that people wouldn't watch it, that black people in general wouldn't watch it uh, wholesale. Because I know black Americans are tired of that kind of stuff. They don't want to see slave stuff anymore. Um, and I get it. Um, but, as, and you know, I say this as a person that hasn't seen it, but I just haven't seen it because, you know, I just, I just, uh, <laughs> it's on the list. And if you know what on the list means for me, it means I'll probably never watch it. But, you know, I just, I, I do want to watch it. I, I don't have that, I don't have that, uh, that, uh, that, I don't know, that, uh, what's, what's the word? Um, anxiety of just like, uh, I'm just going to see someone get their face battered in. I don't want to see that. You know what I mean? Uh, not everyone, not you know, twelve, 12 years of save is not uncomfortable watch. You know, nobody's watching that casually. I don't, I, I don't know nobody that's watched that more than once. You know, and I don't know why you would. Um, but c- in contrast to that, I do find it interesting how you know those three in particular. You know, big conspiracy, psych drama, and uh, I may destroy. Um, you know, take it in a way that makes it. That, that that makes it not easy to consume, but um, but just possible to consume, and not be just completely crippled by it. You know, you know when you listen to an album or just watch a TV show or a film. You know, films like I've mentioned, TV shows like I mentioned already, that just beat you fucking down. You know, and you just end up just feeling like Jesus Christ. You know, um. It's, it, there's a balance there. There's a balance as to, you know, catharsis and trauma porn. Um, and I think those three in particular really found that balance very well. And I highly respect them for that. And, uh, you know, it's it's hard to judge it. It's hard to judge it until it's out and people, and people tell you about it. Um, you might think it's cathartic to do it. Um, but people might listen to it and go, Jesus Christ, this is trauma porn. You know, so it, it really is subjective, um, but I really do think that these guys, in particular, picked out picked out very well, and also just the, the you know the factoid about fucking zoos and like just literally less than hundred years ago, fucking that's gonna that's gonna rack my brain. That's gonna be things I'm just gonna be like, did you know? Um, <laughs> for a few people, honestly, that's just crazy to me. Um, but yeah, man, amazing piece. Um, yeah, just absolutely outstanding piece. And we finish up with the segment that I've been waiting for for over a year. Finally, I can gas the Olympics. The Olympics is finally here. Athletes are there in Tokyo. And it's already a bit of a shit show, as we all expected. Um, but as I record, it has already begun. Technically, uh, uh, there has been some women's football going on. And, uh, you know, I've been just uh, digesting some of that. I've watched uh, TG- Team GB uh, beat, uh, uh, beat Chile 2-0. Um, that was an okay game. Uh, I missed Brazil Duppy China 5-0. I did watch Sweden USA. That was fascinating. Uh, first, uh, just basically Sweden battering, literally comfortably battering uh, US uh, 3-0. 
uh, and breaking US's, I think, 40-something game unbeaten run. Um, and what else did I see? Oh, yeah, the stupid just played in a park scoreline that was like 10-2 Zambia and Netherlands. I was just absurd to watch. I was a bit stupid. Um, a bit of a mockery, honestly. It was just a stupid amount of goals. Um, but yeah, you know, it's officially started and I'm here for it. I'm here for all of it. Um, as a UK-centric note, um, in my in my experience of watching the first day, um, I highly, highly advise you guys, um, if you don't want to pay the 20-something quid that Discovery Plus um, are offering you, that's fine. But if you are like me and you want to peep as many sports as possible and you want to digest all of it as much as possible, every single bit, and actually follow the fucking sport, um, go to Discovery Plus, hit it up. Um, I don't know, I've got it on my Sky Q box, I don't know whether my sister has paid for Discovery Plus, or I've got it for free, um, uh, most likely the prior, um, but yeah, just, if, 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 you, if you're like me, and you really want to just dig into these Olympics, go for Discovery Plus, because they have full streaming rights in Europe, and the UK technically, <laughs> um, they have full streaming rights, and they literally are showing everything so you can binge a whole sport if you really want to so uh you know you can watch all the football games i don't know why you would in one day uh from pre- from from group stages to finals obviously in the space that of, uh, where all of this has passed obviously but you can do that if you wanted and uh, i probably do that for some sports but speaking of which um you know bbc sucks aside because you know I, i'm not i'm i don't want to rely on the red button um, it's just not going to work um they're not showing anything they're going to show like a few, they're going to do a few special broadcasts of certain things for two hours, probably every day. And that's not enough for me. That's so casual to me. Um, so uh, they're, they're not sh- they're not showing it on BBC One. They're going to show BBC News throughout the night, as they always fucking do. And that's just stupid. Um, but yeah, rant aside on uh, on just how to view it, uh, hit up Discovery Plus if you are in Europe. Um, that's the best way if you really want to do it. Um, obviously, there's a price tag to it, but... Um, I feel it's worth it, but that's just me, obviously. Um, but anyway, let's talk about some sports I'm into. Um, I'm gonna go alphabetically, um, just for kicks. Um, I'm in, I'm I'm gonna peak that three by three basketball. That's a new sport, technically. Um, if you haven't seen three on three basketball, there's it's been going on for years. FIBA have been hosting theirs, um, and this is basically a feat for the FIBA tournament three but three on three. Um, it is international, well, obviously international, I'm talking about like his teams, um, yeah, so, uh, it's, it's a very fast pace, um, if you're not really that into basketball, um, cause the FIBA version, FIBA rules of basketball, which is going to happen in the Olympics, is, uh, dramatically, I, I feel slower than NBA, um, and the rules are different, and it happens in 40 minutes, period of 40, uh, the whole game is 40 minutes, not 48, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's dramatically slower, but free on free basketball is extremely fast, is just constantly fast paced every time someone scores uh, the other team passes the ball to to, uh, to the three point line and they continue on it's so fast paced definitely give that a watch um, I'm going to give archery a go um, Not I'm not going to be too that too deep into it I'm not going to watch like prelims or anything maybe if I'm bored um, but yeah I'm, I might watch like you know the finals semi-final whatever however they uh, judge it however they go about it scheduling wise might give that a spin um, artistic gymnastics you know my mum's going to want to watch that so I'm inevitably going to watch it um, artistic swimming, not into it, but my mum's gonna watch it, so I might might peep it. But I just find that a bit weird. I honestly, I would I'd find it much more entertaining if they did it to songs that I've actually heard of, and not just classical music. I feel like the classical music side is a bit crap. Um, I know uh, in 
U.S. collegiate uh, U.S. collegiate gymnastics, artistic gymnastics. You know, they can do it to whatever song. You know, there, there's been multiple uh, videos that have gone viral of like UCLA uh, female gymnasts uh, doing it to like Beyonce and shit. And that, that's cool. I want to see that. You know, what I mean, I want to see that kind of stuff. Um, but artistic swimming just always doing classical music. It's just blech, whack. Athletics, of course, guaranteed cinch that in i'm watching all of that all that all of that you know the fucking vibes um i'm i'm the people that i'm i'm pegging i'm, I'm pegging i'm i'm rooting super hard just for you know uh, uh the long jumpers including jasmine sawyer's uh, abigail Arizuru, hoping they do well um i'm i'm not sure they'll medal but i really hope they do well um uh, uh, obviously Dean Rasher Smith uh, for the 100, and I think she's doing 200 as well. Um, so hopefully she just gets just duppies that. Um, she's about she's definitely top 10 in the world, um, and definitely has a chance for a medal. Honestly, I feel like women's uh, athletics is uh marginally better than the men's this uh, this year. Uh, I feel like there's just so many uh, good storylines going on. Uh, for the men's, it's not really that many. Uh, obviously Christian Coleman's been uh. Uh, uh, gone from the 100 meters I feel like he would have been you know gold medal uh, cinch uh, but he's since been replaced by Trayvon Bromel who has been uh, you know dealing with injuries in the past few years uh, but has now finally found form and he's uh, fastest in the world at the moment Ronnie Baker of the US as well but you also have Zainal Hughes CJ Uja there as well Adam Jaminian 200 uh, I think Nefinil Mitchell Blake's gonna be in 200 as well but I'm not really looking forward I'm not really seeing uh, much performance on his side, but I do think Zarnell Hughes and CJ Jock can make the final at least. And on the day, I think they can medal. If if the if the race is slow, I, I can see the medal. If there's a headwind, maybe. Who knows? Um, if the conditions are right. Um, uh, what else is there? Like, oh fucking hell! Like, pff, uh, pole men's pole vault is lit. Uh, Mondo Japanis might be going for that world record. Uh, good distance runners as well, uh, like Jakobin Britson, and uh, obviously the Kenyans and Ethiopians are going to be fighting for that as well. Um, but yeah, man, so many athletics. I could go on all day for athletics. I'm going to give badminton a smash. I love badminton. I love me some badminton. Always love badminton. Baseball, softball, no, just no. Uh, basketball, definitely. Beach volleyball, eh, not really that. In- I'm not really that into beach volleyball. I know you know thirsty dudes love to pe- beach volleyball, but it's come on, guys. Uh, boxing. Honestly, I haven't really. I, I'm not really into it this year. Um, I remember like maybe if I maybe if I actually look up who British boxers are, because that's usually what I do. I usually, I'm usually very British ex- uh, centric on that on the boxing side. Obviously, I watched Andy Joshua um, literally go from gold medalist to pro now, and it's just this is so sick to watch him go from that uh getting that gold medal obviously joe joyce from a couple from from 2016 as well uh canoe slalom and canoe sprint great love those uh, especially slalom slalom's very fun to watch bmx uh, cycling freestyle that's gonna be cool to watch i think that's new uh cycling bmx racing is absolute carnage at all times love that sport definitely recommend that mountain biking i like my i like mountain biking i don't know why i just found it very soothing to watch you know what I mean? I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, they just seem so in control. And like the way they weave just through shit. It's just, I don't know. It's very soothing to watch. Very satisfying. Cycling Road. Not really that into it. Uh, I might give it a watch if it's, you know, on. Uh, cycling Track. Definitely into it. Obviously, Team GB are very uh, powerful in that. Uh, you got the Kennys. Uh, 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 I think they should be flag bearers, actually, um, just as a shout. I'd like, uh, you know, Jason and Laura Kenny. I think that would be kind of cool to have a husband and wife you know, gold medal fucking beasts, you know, uh, on the, in their own right, individually, uh, I'd like for them to, you know, carry the, to carry the flag, that'd be cool, diving, not really into it, 
but you know, you never know. Equestrian, big no. Fencing, big no. Football, well, obviously I've peeped a bit, uh, but probably not as much as I did today. Golf, no. Handball, probably not. Hockey, no. I find I find hockey so scary. Like if if someone gets hit by that ball, mate, they are done. Like it's just it's wraps. I, I'm surprised people just dodge that shit. It's just one errant shot to the leg. Your your shot. Your 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 leg is gone. It's dust. It don't exist no more. Vaporized. Um, judo. Sent. Uh, really really loved some judo. Judo sick. Uh, karate. New sport. Gonna watch that definitely. Marathon swimming. Uh, eh. Might give it a watch. Modern pentathlon definitely not. Rhythmic gymnastics definitely not. Rowing. I might. I'm not really into rowing that hard. I'm not. I'm not the posh dude. Oh, rowing. Let's give us some rowing. Um, you know, not into it. Uh, that hard. But you know, there's it's, it's obviously always a strong G- Team GB contingent, so I might give it a peep. Uh, rugby. If that is seven on sevens rugby, which I am assuming it is. Um, yes, that is seven on seven. Um, definitely watching that. I remember watching that in 2016, and it was so entertaining. That was one of my highlights. Uh, sailing. No shooting. Nah. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Maybe shooting. I don't mind shooting. Um skateboarding and sport climbing new and surfing actually new sports um definitely gonna peep sport climbing skateboarding surfing is a no for me swimming too much swimming always too much swimming i'll watch some i'll watch adam pe i'll watch a few others um a few big names but apart from that no uh and maybe like the medley and uh, free and uh, uh and like the relay i love i love me some relay but yeah too much swimming it's way too many swimming events uh they need to cut that shit in at least half um table tennis definitely love table tennis fucking love table tennis taekwondo love taekwondo tennis no trampoline gymnastics i forgot that was an olympic sport you know i really did i haven't i don't think i've seen it in the past two olympics personally um but i might give it a spin triathlon like me some triathlon you know that's only one event in it men's and women so you know it's just one event you might, might as well give it a peep uh volleyball eh might do might do same 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 vibe as beach volleyball you know i'll watch it but maybe not Water polo, no. Weightlifting, no. And wrestling, no. And yeah, so that's all the sports. Um, that's what I'm going to peep. Def- uh, you know, uh, there's some definitely. There's a lot of maybes in there. You know, it depends how much time I've got during the pu- during the next two weeks, honestly. It really is dependent on time. Um, but uh, yeah, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to just dive the fuck into all of this Olympic coverage, man. It's going to be so freaking good. And now that I know Discovery Plus is going to have it all there for me... I can. I, I don't have to get up like stupid amounts. I just have to keep off social media for a bit. Um, you know, when I watch them, uh, or j- I might just mute some accounts <laughs> and do that. Um, but yeah, it's just. Um, it's, I just. Oh, it's gonna be so good. I hope you guys are as a little bit excited as I am. You know, obviously there's poli- the politics side of it, and I and you know I've talked about that before. I understand why people don't think the Olympics should exist wholesale. I understand. I love the Olympics. I fucking hate the IOC. IOC can get fucked, um, honestly. So, you know, but uh, and, pe- and pe- people might say, you know, you can't love one and hate the other. But you know, I think I can. I just, I just think, you know, the IOC can do a lot better in actually, you know, helping these cities and helping these countries not do so fucking much. You know, having t- they force them to make these stadiums and then just and then they go, okay, bye. Do oh. Uh, uh, yeah, and then the city's like, what about these stadiums? Like, well, I don't know, it's your stadium. You know what I mean? It's just like, that's so fucking unnecessary. Um, it's so unnecessary. So, uh, you know, unless they don't, ex- unless the, you know, these stadiums don't exist, like a velodrome, uh, but if they have a velodrome, let them use the fucking velodrome. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's absurd. Um, so fuck the IOC, but 
I, I just can't help myself. The Olympics is just a, a such a beacon for me. Um, it's one of my favorite two weeks in life. Uh, and I'm just I'm just happy it's here, man. After a year of waiting, after a year of chatting about it, uh, obviously linking it to COVID, uh, I just hope everyone stays safe out there, honestly, and, uh, you know, gets to at least fulfill their dreams of being an Olympic athlete. Um, you know, that's, that's, a, that's an elite club, if you really think about it. It's a really elite club. And, uh, you know, shout out to everyone there. And big ups to team, team GB. I got my Team GB shirt behind me, sitting behind me. It's not it's not corny. It's not corny. It's, you know, it's a navy blue. You wouldn't even know it was Team GB kit until uh, until you saw, you know, the little ins- the little line insignia on the left. Like, honestly, you wouldn't even know. Um, so, yeah, it's not that Homer. It's not that fanboy. But it's a good piece of kit. And it's actually nice material. I actually really like it. Shout out to Adidas on that front. God, I, I was t- that's, the, that's the quickest I've talked for a while. I hate talking that fast, but yeah, I wanted to get all that shit in. Uh, so anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I'll finish there. <laughs> Enjoy the Olympics uh, from Fifth End Podcast Network. I'm Chaito and it's been most good. Enjoy music has been too much by Vanilla. Thanks to Chill Up uh, Records for being able to use the song. You can also find uh, Chill Up Records and Chill Up Music's uh, link in the full show notes. Thanks to Nappy Hire for Charismatic for the interlude. Uh, you can also find his site in the full show notes. And with that said, hope you all have a good week. I will definitely try and do the same. But until the next time, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen.